With the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. Tech Guide. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 190. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer news, products and opinions. Thanks for listening once again. Thanks for downloading once again. And for all you first-time listeners, we hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Apple has confirmed it will be holding a launch event on March 21. New Optus plans to get a new smartphone every 12 months and the app that can help you avoid the dangers of sitting for long periods. In the Tech Guide reviews, we have to check out the Samsung Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge and their hidden features and Netgear's Arlo Q security camera. In the Tech Guide interview, we chat to Mark Higgins. He's the stunt driver for the latest Bond film, Spectre, which is out now on Blu-ray and DVD. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Plenty to talk about, so let's get cracking. Well, Apple has officially sent out the invitations for the much-rumoured event. There have been rumours circulating of an event that was going to uh, to, to come up about late March, and that has now been confirmed. And what has not been confirmed, though, but has also been the subject of many, many rumours, is exactly what Apple is launching. Now, the, the, the big rumour, and I'm 95% certain this is the case, they are launching a cheaper, more affordable iPhone. It is probably going to be based on the iPhone 5S. It's going to include uh, an improved camera. It's going to include a, the improved Touch ID, the much faster A9 processor, which is currently what's on board with the iPhone 6S. Uh, and it's also going to be compatible with Apple Pay. So it's going to be kind of a, a souped-up version of the 5S. The, the speculation is it's going to be called the iPhone SE or the iPhone 5SE. I think SE may stand for Special Edition, could stand for anything really. But that is the main product that's going to be unveiled. Apple sent out their invitations with the words, let us loop you in. So in other words, let's update you. Uh, we've got some new products to talk about. One of the other products that we're all assuming is a new iPad. Now, in, in September last year when they had their main event, their launch event where they launched the 6S, 6S Plus, they launched the iPad Pro, but there was no mention of the iPad Air. So this is that long-awaited update. The iPad Air 3, I think, is what they're up to, is likely going to not change much design-wise, but it is going to have a different kind of display. It'll have the same display that the iPad Pro 
was introduced with, which means that you can buy an Apple Pencil and draw on that iPad as well. So it, that, that feature was only exclusive to the iPad Pro, and we think the new iPad, whatever it happens to be called, the iPad Air, so it's the 9.7-inch iPad, that will also include that new screen. The other product that is likely to be announced also, this is, an, again, rumours, this is reportedly what we think is going to happen, uh, are going to be more Apple Watch bands. Now, there's already quite a selection, uh, and we think there's going to be even more announced uh, during this Apple event, which is going to take place on March 21, which is actually 5 a.m., so it's 10 a.m. on March 21st in the U.S., in San Francisco. It's going to be held in the the, uh, Apple's Cupertino headquarters, their town hall auditorium uh, on campus there. 10 a.m. local time, which will be 5 a.m. Australian time on March 22nd, so very early on the Tuesday morning, March 22, and that's Australian summer daylight savings time. So if you're in Queensland, you can take that back another hour. Uh, so 5 a.m. is the uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Apple's new event, we're going to cover everything that happens uh, at that event on Tech Guide, and you can read our, you can read our speculation story and, and even look at some concept uh, images of what the products are going to look like. You can check them out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Now, traditionally, phone contracts run for 24 months. That's two years. And the reason for that is that usually the contracts, are most postpaid contracts, of course, involve paying off a smartphone. Uh, so say a couple of years ago, you started a plan. So let's, let's say, for argument's sake, you uh, had two years ago, you got the on, on a contract the Samsung Galaxy S5. So that was two years ago in 2014 when that came out. So you had that, you, you signed your contract, and that was your device for 24 months. Now, the, that contract's about to run out, and then you can up now you can upgrade to the latest smartphone, which might might be the Galaxy S7, uh, because your contract has run out. Now, that's pretty frustrating when you know that every year, even if you're an iPhone user, they release a new new iPhone every year. That's pretty frustrating if you can't if your contract prevents you from getting a new device. So you normally, you've got to wait two years. Well. Wouldn't it be good if you could decide after 12 months that you want a new uh, new device rather than every two years? Well, Optus have come up with a new My Plan Plus, which gives you exactly that, the option of getting a new smartphone every 12 months. So the first year into your plan, you can decide, yep, I want a new phone. And what happens then? There's actually two ways you can get the new phone. Uh, the first way is if you uh, you give up your phone as long as it's in good working condition, and by that we mean it, it can be turned on and off, it's not too badly damaged, uh, normal wear and tear, uh, and, and and it's it's acceptable condition. So if you you can hand that back, pay a one-off ninety-nine dollar fee, and then get the new device, but you have to start a new two-year contract. So even though you're 20, 12 months in, you give you, you give the device back, pay you ninety nine bucks. They tear up the old contract, start a brand new with the with the new device. The other way you can do it is to trade up to a new phone. To 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 do that is to keep your current device, pay the remainder of the full costs because that that's you got to remember that's what what a plan is all about. You're paying off 
a device over two years. So if you decide after a year you want to get a new device, so you can pay the remainder of that cost. Say you, you, you've got another there's 400 left on the new device. You pay the 400 and you keep the device because you've, you've effectively paid it off. So you can then hand that on to someone else. But then again, you need to start another 24-month contract. So it's starting from scratch again, but you've got your new device and uh, everybody's happy. So rather than being frustrated for two years that you can't get your hands on a new device, you can decide to get onto the Optus My Plan Plus. Telstra has a similar a similar plan. I think it's called that My, the New Phone Feeling Plan or something like that, where similar conditions where you've got to pay out. You, I think you even pay per month a small fee uh, that gives you that ability then after 12 months to get a new device. With the Optus Plan, you pay just 99 bucks or pay the balance and then you keep the device. All of those details uh, for the Optus My Plan Plus can be found at techguide.com.au. Now, all of you people who work in offices, uh, everybody who spends extended periods of time, whether you're a cab driver or whether you're an office worker or anything, if you go on long bus trips or on a long plane trip, there are some uh, some dangers of sitting down for extended periods. This this research has come to light in recent years, where it's been known to it, people are, are in danger. They are increased uh, health risks for spending extended periods sitting down. And this, these studies show that it increases extended periods of, of sitting down, obviously reduces blood flow, can increase by 15%. So if you're, if you're sitting down for, say, eight hours a day, that could increase by 15% your risks of an early death. So you, you think things like uh, some forms of cancer, uh, heart disease, these are all problems. These chronic diseases, type 2 diabetes, they're all potential problems for sitting down for extended periods of time. If you sit down for 11 hours a day, that increases your risk. That your, your risk increases to up to 40% of you potentially falling, uh, in, in, this, in developing one of these chronic illnesses. So... Sitting has become, and I know a lot of companies don't like this term, but in my, this is the best way to describe it for me. Sitting has become the new smoking. It's something that's been discouraged. Hence the reason why you've seen the the, the rise in the number of uh, stand-up desks uh, and new offices that are fitted out with stand-up desks or adjustable height desks. So you can spend some time sitting. You can then get up on your feet, spend some time standing. Uh, there's plenty of those that you can actually have at your home and then decide to uh, to uh, to heighten to standing height you adjust it so you can stand up and still use your computer or your laptop at that standing height now with that in mind the baker idi heart and diabetes institute with the support of the vodafone foundation has released an app called rise and recharge to make australians more chair aware in other words to remind you to get off your butt to stand up and move around so that you're not in in danger of developing the developing these chronic illnesses. This is serious. The, these it is frightening. This scientific research. So what the app does is it allows you to set timers. Can can give you stars for the number of times you stood up during the day. It basically gets you up out of your chair on a regular basis, every thirty minutes, forty five minutes, whatever you set it at, so that you can reduce reduce the risk of those illnesses. Now. Here's the frightening part. 
even if you are uh, exercise regularly, so say, for example, you go to the gym for an hour and a half every morning before you come to work, and you sit right down, sit next to someone who doesn't go to the gym at all, both of you sitting down for those extended periods of time are at the same risk level. So despite you being in the gym for an hour and a half, you are still at risk of developing heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and even cancer as the bloke next to you or woman next to you who doesn't exercise at all. So it does, it's got nothing to do with your fitness. It's that it's just the fact that you are sitting for those extended periods of time, blood flow is reduced, there's blood pools in different parts of your legs and your body. They are dangers of equal, uh, equal danger to everybody despite their fitness levels. That's really something you need to keep in mind. Check that story out. Rise and Recharge, free app for iOS and Android, and you can read a full review, even watch a little uh, short video at the story at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Have you got Netflix? Well, what you need is a Netgear Nighthawk X4S modem router to take your gaming, movies, and streaming to the next level. With MUMIMO, that's short for multi-user, multiple input, multiple output, and quad stream technology, you'll enjoy faster speeds, reduced buffering and lag, and simultaneous streaming to all your devices. So there's less waiting for your favorite movies to load. And with increased range from four high-powered antennas and amplifiers to increase coverage, dependability, and performance, you can enjoy smooth streaming all day and all night. Visit netgear.com.au to learn more. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Well, it is hard to go past probably the biggest products, uh, arguably the the most popular products launched uh, in 2016, and that has to that has to be Samsung's Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge smartphones. Now, they are both out. I've published my full review on Tech Guide, and I've got to say, right out of the gate, these are without a doubt the best smartphones that that Samsung have created. They combine tremendous sleek design. A brilliant range of features and excellent performance. Performance is something that will really you'll really notice in terms of speed, usability, the ability to switch between apps, all those things right there in the palm of your hand. What Samsung has done with these two devices is returned to their their superior position in the market. Last year, I think they took a bit of a beating with the S6 and the S6 Edge. They weren't waterproof. They didn't have expandable memory. And they were, let's face it, they were a lot like an iPhone. And what people did is buy an iPhone. So S, S6 really was well below expectations. That's no secret. Everyone knows that. Uh, so the the uh, Samsung were, were uh, that, that was, they took a bit of a hit with the Galaxy S6. Uh, and, and look, they don't describe that as a misstep. They, they say that at the time, that the way that their technology, the way they could meld glass and steel and all this with this new design, didn't give them, they didn't know how to make it waterproof. They didn't have room for the expandable memory. It was kind of a, a transitional phase for the device. Well, anyway, those days are behind us. The S7 and S7 Edge are both have both now have expandable memory. They both also are waterproof, which is in. Let's face it. How many how many times have you accidentally dunked your phone and it's dead? Most phones can't handle water. 
S7, S7 Edge are waterproof. In fact, they can sit at a depth of 1.5 metres for 45 minutes. So that's pretty cool. So if you, you drop any water, you're in the rain, there's no risk of anything going wrong. Now on the design side, looks uh, a little similar to last year's model. There's a couple of little tweaks. The back edges now have curves. So th this, this process using their Samsung's 3D thermoforming, that's how it melded that glass and steel and the curves. That is when you hold it in your hand, you know that it does exude quality. It has a tremendous build quality. And yes, I mentioned it's waterproof. So uh, I've spent plenty of time dunking my phone for my review in a vase. You can actually see a picture of it in a vase on my review. That expandable memory is back. That is a brilliant feature. That it, it just gives Samsung an advantage. That and the waterproof, those two features alone, put it immediately. Give it those two features that you can't find on an iPhone. So the iPhone's not waterproof, although the rumours are that iPhone 7 will be waterproof, but there will be no expandable memory, and that's a place where Samsung suffered for not having it, but now it's back. It uses a hybrid SIM card, so you can put in your SIM card and a micro SD card in the same tray. Now, for me, without a doubt, one of the best features of the S7 and S7 Edge is the camera. It is brilliant. It has a, an f1.7 lens, which means... That aperture can let more light into the camera, 25% more, as a matter of fact, than the S6. It also has a new dual pixel sensor, which was something that we first saw on a digital SLR. It's the first time a dual pixel sensor has been used on a smartphone, and it is the S7 and S7 Edge. The, all, what this results in, it all adds up to uh, the pixels are dragging in, the sensors dragging in more light, larger pixels. Uh, the re other result is better pictures in low light situations and almost instant autofocus. Uh, that, that's one thing where you take a snap and boom, it's taken. You're not going to miss the moment. The camera, and I'll put some side-by-side -side images uh, of the S7, taken with the S7 Edge and with the iPhone. I'll let you decide which you think are better. I think in some cases the S7 Edge is clearly uh, has much better colors and, and composition uh, than the iPhone, but I'll let you be the judge. That's why I labeled them on my story. Uh, the performance. This new, there's a, it's an octa-core processor, which is made of two quad-core processors. So what that means is that this thing can move. It is fast. It's got four gig of RAM under the hood as well. So when you're opening it, when you're, when you're opening apps, when you're opening the camera, when you're switching between apps, it is fast. When it processes something, it is quick. So no waiting around anymore. The performance on this is a gem. Fingerprint reader, that has so vastly improved. On old Samsung devices, it was so clunky and so frustrating. I used to turn it off. Now, fingerprint reader is as good as the iPhone 6S, and that is saying something. The iPhone 6S uh, fingerprint reader is so quick. This is just as quick as that. Uh, now, on the Edge, you've got the Edge user interface, the Edge UX, and that's a nice little shortcut to plenty of features. Uh, later on in the show, in the Tech Guide help desk, I'm going to talk to you about the many hidden features of these two devices, and I'll talk more about the Edge UX in that section as well. So st stick around. The Tech Guide help desk and our hidden features of the S7 and S7 Edge. Another cool feature is the always-on display. Now, what we do, we turn our phone on, we unlock it hundreds of times a day, and I'd say 95% of the time we unlock our phone is to find out simple information like the time or have we got any emails. 
these this sort of information is now displayed always on the screen, and the 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 all the screen uses are to power are the pixels that actually form that always on display. So you know it's not like you're running your whole screen at full power. The always on display just at a glance lets you look at the information like the time, the date, how many missed calls you've had, how many unread emails you've got, the battery level, things like that. Speaking of the battery, that is another strong feature of these devices, and they last easily through a day and well into the next. The S7 has a 3,000 milliamp hour battery. S7 Edge, a 3,600 milliamp hour battery. It is a larger device, 5.5 inch screen. S7 has a 5.1 inch screen. Uh, Battery is brilliant, lasts throughout the day and into the night. Now, in terms of the things we didn't like, there weren't much. I have to say, these these it was very hard to fault these products. With the S7 Edge, if you use if you're new to the Edge uh, the Edge device, you really have to handle it gently. Last year's device was super sensitive, where you touched it in the wrong way and you were totally not where you expected to be. The this year the S7 Edge uh, is a lot is a lot better. Uh, still a little bit sensitive if you're not used to it, but not as bad as it was last year. One other little gripe for me and for Anyone who's thinking of migrating to a device, say you're migrating from an iPhone, you want everything on that phone. You want your, your photos, you want uh, your emails, uh, your, your, your contacts, everything. With your email, and that was one frustration I had, I couldn't find a native app on the device. Uh, there, there was Gmail on there, there was the normal email on there, and none of them, neither of them could handle all of the files, I, all, all of the, the email types I wanted. So all my Gmails, all my IMAPs, and all my pop accounts, everything in one place. I had to download a third-party email just for that. Uh, lastly, it is not cheap. They're expensive devices. The S7 is $1,149. The S7 Edge is $1,249. So uh, unless you've got that kind of money laying around, you better get these on a plan. So uh, check our review. Uh, we've given our verdict. We've taken lots of photos, comparison pictures, uh, really thorough review, and you can see our star rating as well at techguide.com.au. Now, Netgear, one of our sponsors, uh, Netgear's Arlo Q camera has just been released. Now, we've, we all know about Arlo cameras. The original Netgear Arlo's were the wire-free cameras. These were those tiny little weatherproof indoor-outdoor cameras that could be placed anywhere because they were wire-free. So no wire to for power, no wire to be connected. Uh, they were run by batteries so they can be placed anywhere in range of your network. Well, this new device, the Arlo Q camera, is an indoor only camera which means it's not weatherproof designed to be used indoors and it's always powered so you've got to connect this to power with that added power it can give you full HD video as well as two-way audio. So it doesn't have to manage the power like it does with the wire-free cameras. So they they don't give you quite as high the quality, only one-way audio. You can only hear things. You can't talk back through it. Uh, so that really had to be really sensible with its power usage. With this Arlo Q, because it's constantly connected to power, well, Netgear thought, sky's the limit. Let's go full HD video, uh, two-way audio. So in other words, if, if I see someone on my camera, 
I can actually talk to them through my device. No matter where I am in the world, we can have a conversation through the camera. So say, for example, a courier is about to drop off a package on my, at my front door. I may receive a notification because there's been movement at my front door, and I can actually talk to the courier. I can say, mate, no one's home. Put it in the post box behind you. I've got a secure little lock box there. Put it in there. Thank you very much. He could talk back to you, and that, and you're all done. That's an example of that two-way audio. It may, it may be that someone's entered your room or something, and you could be saying to them, while you're seeing them in your room or where they're not supposed to be, maybe a child or somewhere that you don't want them to go, you can actually talk to them through the camera. It's like the voice of God saying, get out. What are you doing in my room? And uh, they can actually even talk back to you through the camera as well. So that's that's another one of those terrific features. Now, you, these can be set to detect movement, also to detect, to de- detect sound. They've also got night vision, and I tested this i've set this up in a totally dark room in my home and looking at the camera even with the lights off it is like looking at the room in daytime night vision is amazing so you can arm these to send you notifications whenever it detects movement and when it does it'll store them for seven days in the cloud for free for up to seven days so you can view the incident and then after seven days it disappears there's also an option to upgrade to cvr which is continual video recordings which keep your recordings 24 seven up in the cloud. Arlo Q, it is a little ripper, great security camera, really high quality and really really easy to set up as well. I've got to say, uh, you don't need a base station as you as you did with the Arlo uh, Wire Free, the original Arlos. With the with the Arlo Q, uh, it, you open up the app, click Add Camera, and then it will detect the camera and detect your network. You type in your password, it'll generate a QR code that you then hold from your your phone screen in front of the Arlo Q, and then you hear a little chime to say, "Yep, handshake complete, connection." complete you're good to go takes two minutes to connect it brilliant stuff from netgear the arlo q priced at 349 dollars and you can read our full review at techguide.com.au The Tech Guide podcast is also supported by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. And today we live in a world where cyber criminals are working overtime, trying to find new ways to steal your personal information. The team at Norton is dedicated to keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton's latest internet security solution, Norton Security Premium, is working behind the scenes to keep your information, your identity, Identity and your devices protected. It also comes with secure PC cloud backup so you can back up and save your personal files, photos, videos, and other memories that live on your devices. For more information about Norton Security Premium and how to protect your online life, check out au.norton.com. Our interview this week is a really interesting one. It's with a gentleman named Mark Higgins. And he is a rally car driver who also spends time as a stunt driver. In, in, in particular, he's uh, been a stunt driver on the last three James Bond films, including Spectre, the film that's just been released on Blu-ray and DVD. We caught up with him at the, uh, at the, the Trevette 
motor, the Trevette Showroom, which is uh, the distributor for Aston Martin in Australia. And boy, were there some beautiful cars around there, including one that had Spectre on the side. But the car that was in the film, and Mark will talk about this in the interview, was actually a one-off car designed by Aston Martin, especially for the Bond film. It's the DB10. Money can't buy it, although they did uh, auction one for charity, but Mark will talk about that. But we caught up with him and asked him about what it was like to drive like a secret agent, and here's what he had to say earlier. Mark, thanks for joining us on the Tech Guide podcast. Welcome to Australia. Now, you're here because Spectre's about to be released on Blu-ray and DVD, and your unique role in the film was as a stunt driver. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I was the the lucky guy to drive the beautiful DB10 in the car chase uh, through Rome. We did a couple of other bits as well. Um, But uh, I've been driving rally cars and different things for 25 years. So we've done the last three Bond movies, and uh, we had the role of being James Bond for a few weeks in there, Rome, which is pretty cool. So you you, you mentioned you're a rally driver. So how does one switch from rally to then suddenly driving as... A, a secret agent in a, in a, in a motor car? A <laughs> um, bit of a long story, but I mean, I've, I still compete now, but we got the opportunity to, uh, well, I got a phone call really, would I be interested in doing a gravel type scene down the quarry on Quantum of Solace, um, which I was the baddie in that, chasing Bond. So um, I gladly accepted that one as being a, a, a boyhood you know, fan of Bond and uh, then went on to uh, working in a car chase on um, Skyfall and then got the gig on the the last one as uh, Bond himself. So uh, yeah, it's been good. So let, let's just sort of look, take a look at like what's involved being a stunt driver. Obviously, that that's kind of a signature part of Bond films are these action sequences and car chases. So yeah. how meticulously planned are they? Is it just you get in the car and let's see what happens, or you know exactly where you've got to be, exactly what you've got to do? Tell us about that. Oh, there's a lot of planning goes into it. We'll start off with with rehearsing with the vehicles um, to make sure they're up to, to what we're going to be doing. We know, for example, we're going to be doing jumps. We know we know the whole scene, really, what's going to be happening, and we try and simulate that in test venues around different countries before we get to the actual venue, which was Rome. <clears throat> um, everything is done very much to the camera, to what they want, um, and it's all controlled by our stunt coordinator, a guy called Gary Powell, who's been involved in Bond for many, many years. So they'll go through, they know what they want to achieve, and uh, then it's transformed down to us, we rehearse it, and then when we go to the venue, we, we try and get it done the best we can. Mm-hmm. So it's, the, I'd imagine there'd be cameras rigged up in the car, outside the car, yep. above the car, around the car, so how many times does it take to get it right? Um, it's, it's not so much a case of getting it right, it's getting the different angles. You might do the same thing 10 or 15 yeah. times, but they all want a different angle. So it goes to the editor, and he decides, well, I don't want that one, I want this one. Right. And um, it's amazing what gets cut. We've done some really cool stuff over the, the last few years on these films, and you get to the movie and none of it's in there. <laughs> you know, So it's, it's all about the storytelling. Absolutely. Well, have and, and the Bond films aren't the only films you've worked on. I understand you've done Fast and Furious and, and various other films. Do they, do they kind of consult with you to say, look, can we do this? This is what we want to do. Yeah. Is it possible? Do you have some input to say, mate, this is going to be too hard? Or Yeah, I mean, you, you do get involved if um, you think something's not doable or maybe if you tried it this way. Or, you, you have a small input, but it's you know, you're working with a 1,000 people potentially on a night. Um, so they've all got their script of what they're wanting to do. When you're based around a couple of cars in, speci- in particular – 
um, it's very, very hard to sort of change the sequence of what happens. But no, you do have some involvement because um, we all at the end of the day want to make it work the best we can. But we are a small little key in a, in a massive chain. And, of course, safety is a concern too. You, you, you want to be safe doing your job. Now, this is a tech podcast, so I can't really get, go by without asking you a tech question. So how, how much of this, is this plan, and like what sort of technology do they use for the planning and execution of these stunts? Um, we, we've, the technology is very good. I mean, we've got, um, for example, when we're working by the River Tiber, we're, we're running with diving bottles and equipment in the car. We'll do training beforehand in a pool in the dark um, to make sure we can get the rigs quickly we know the procedure to wait down there till the divers come in. Um, the cars have got roll cages fitted in them. We've got full harness. We've got competition-type suspension on the car. So hang on a minute. Just go back a second. So <laughs> the car goes in the river. Yeah. Right. So you've been trained up to put on the tank and everything. Yep. and So that's, that's all part of the deal. Yeah. So then they come down and get you. They're in a nice swimming pool in the evening, it's very, very easy to think, oh, I can wait down here for quite a while. I think in a freezing cold river at night, I'm not going to be down there for 25 minutes. But we've got a mobile rig so we can get out of the car to get up. Um, and also enough air to stay with the car for about 25, which is a rig basically bolted to the roll cage. Yeah. So all, all these type of things are quite different. Okay. Now, uh, in, in terms of the, the Bond films, have, have you met Daniel Craig? Have you, do you, do you, have you have you've stood in for him uh, as the driver? So what's he like as a bloke, mate? Yeah, he's great. I mean, we did some work with Daniel um, beforehand, some one-to-one driving. Um, he's very busy on the film doing the acting side, so we we crack on and do most of the driving anyway. Um, we see him for a couple of days on the shoot. But uh, he does some driving too, doesn't he? Is he, he, is he behind the wheel? How does he go, you think? Yeah, he goes well, yeah. I mean, we actually, one of the things we do is drive the car from the roof. So Daniel's inside it with the steering wheel, because he's got his lines to, to do, you know, to, to get out. And uh, we concentrate on the driving side of it. Okay, and the uh, the DB10, which is the one-off car created for Bond, is that right? Yeah. One-off car, uh, that was made especially for this film. That's right, it's uh, very unique. They've built 10 DB10s. Um, we had eight on set with us pretty well all the way through. We had two gadget cars, we, which have got all the gadgets in, the flamethrower. So I actually have to press the buttons for them, which is amazing. Um, every boyhood dream. Um, we've got the stunt cars, which have got like the hydraulic handbrake, um, the roll cage and the different suspension fitted. We have two hero cars, which are all decked out inside with a full interior. And um, then we have the two pod cars, which we actually drive from the roof. So all the cars came back, nothing was destroyed. And, uh, so one's in your garage, yeah? I wish it was, yeah. Well, they just auctioned one off for charity, and yeah. it went for £2.4 million. Pounds. And that will be the only one ever um, sold or okay. available outside of the country. Right. And you mentioned uh, you're still driving, rally driving. Yep. Uh, have you got any other film work coming up? What to, what can we see? expect to see you in? Yeah, I can't talk about the film, but we're actually rehearsing something at the moment, um, okay. which I go back to the UK and we've got some work on it straight away. It's not the new Bond film, is it? No, no, no not yet. Not yet. That's uh, coming so up soon. So you signed up for that? Are you... You don't get, funny enough, you don't get signed up. You work with the coordinator, and if the coordinator decides the drivers he wants to use, you use it. So we've had the same coordinator now for the last three years, and we've been on all three of them. So fingers crossed we can do another one. And uh, have, you, have you had a look through the special features of Spectre? Have you caught yourself in the background? Have you made the, have you made the cut? <laughs> I don't think we have. I'm just watching it now behind you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be keeping an eagle eye out for you, Mark. It's been great talking to you, mate. Thank you for joining us on the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you very much. Tech Guide. 
answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. All righty. Well, with the Tech Guide Help Desk, we thought seeing that the S7 and S7 Edge have just been released, we thought we would go through some of the features you may not notice straight away, some of the hidden features of the S7 and S7 Edge. And let's start off with one on the S7 Edge, which is on the Edge UX, which is that little that little interface that you swipe in from the right, and you can you can access things like your contacts, your favorite apps, uh, little tools like uh, the weather, your planner. Uh, and things like that. But there's another little hidden feature that lets you create shortcuts for tasks. So doing things like creating an email, composing a message, creating an event, looking up a favorite bookmark. These are little macro commands that can be set on that UX. So rather than you having to go into an email, hit new email, type in an address, all of those keystrokes can be saved by one tap on that Edge UX. That is one of uh, those cool new hidden features on the S7 and S7 Edge. Another one is the Smart Manager. Now, we all know that these devices are running Android, but one one addition for Samsung on these devices is a little tool called the Smart Manager. It lets you monitor your battery usage. It lets you monitor your device's storage, the onboard RAM, which which apps are hogging that, that RAM memory as well. Uh, it's also got device security, which is important for an Android device. We do hear a lot of uh, a lot of worrying talk about uh, malware and things like that on, on Android devices, but the Smart Manager can detect malware and also isolate space on your device for sensitive content and work-related documents so you can sort of hive off a little part of it. Uh, another hidden feature is the advanced sound quality. You can enhance the sound quality in the settings. There is uh, in the sound quality and effects settings in the settings, there is uh, settings for you to adjust your equalizer to even upscale the resolution of your music, create surround sound effects, even simulate the soft timber of a tube amplifier. All of that on board the S7 and S7 Edge. It's also got Smart Stay. Remember that feature was introduced a couple of years ago where it can detect when you're looking at the device. So you say you're reading a page or a book or whatever, the front camera is looking at you. As long as it can detect you are looking at the device, it won't put the screen to sleep. You know, the screen times out and goes dark. You don't have to keep hitting it for you to wake up. Smart Stay will detect your face and keep it on. Uh, what about when those times, and this is an S7 Edge feature, when you want to send a quick reply. Say you're in a meeting, your S7 Edge is face down on your desk, you see the, uh, an incoming a call coming in, you can send a quick reply message simply by putting your finger on the, the, the heart rate monitor, which is also the flash, on the back of the device. So you do that and it will send a, a message that you can write beforehand. The, the, the default message is, sorry, I can't talk right now, I'll call you back later, but you could write... Uh, anything else there in that uh, and that will be the message that's sent if you can't answer your device uh, another new uh, another hidden feature is motion photos now we know on the s on the iphone 6s there is the live photo so you can take a photo and it shoots some frames before and after you hit the shutter same thing on the s7 and s7 edge you can hit take a motion photo in the camera settings you flick that to on and every time you take a photo it'll record a couple of seconds of video before you hit the shutter and you can tell the pictures that are motion uh, that are motion capable because there's a little play button on the gallery symbol at the top right hand corner of the photo there are, they are just some of the uh, just a few of the hidden features of the S7 and S7 Edge we've written all about them at techguide.com.au 
And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything we've spoken about on the show at techguide.com.au. We also love to hear from you, so send us an email. If you've got any tech questions, you may end up on the Tech Help Desk. The email address is info at techguide.com.au. Also, you can hit me up on Twitter. at Stephen at Stephen Fennick, and Stephen spelled with a PH. So happy to hear from you there. Just if you've got any questions or you just want to chat, I'll always reply. Special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs and Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 